Hello, Anti-Culture listeners. It's Josiah Sinanen, your host, and I am here. It is amazing to be back with you today for another great story. I have three more episodes for you this season, including the one you're hearing now, and it's been an amazing journey so far. Thank you for listening along the way. And if this is your first time tuning in, I'm sending you a warm welcome. This show, Anti-Culture, is all about sharing people with you via me. I've always felt like I'm a duck out of water when it comes to socializing and connecting with people from all walks of life. I usually lead with empathy and I ask questions that aren't typical. So my challenge every episode of this show is to take my guests and present them to you through unbiased conversation in order to expand your thinking, allow you to hear someone fully that you might not normally talk to, and hopefully start to change the way we put people in boxes and define culture. Thank you for your patience with my season this time around. I am still based in Ontario as of February, and I began a new role as a reporter and assistant producer with the CBC. It has been wonderful so far, and I'm learning more every day, just celebrating the fact I get to share stories for a living and discover a new corner of Canada. Of course, that means I still want to do this project and share stories on a more personal basis with Anti-Culture, so I really appreciate your support. I'm so looking forward to ending the season strong with you alongside of me as we wrap up a fifth year of the show. If you've been along for the journey since the beginning, or you've been listening for the past little while, I would greatly appreciate you taking a moment to rate and review my show where you're listening from, whatever app you're hearing this on. It has been a great boost in the past, and the stories we've shared over the years deserve to be heard. So thank you in advance. Today, we are exploring a world that I have always been so curious about, and perhaps you have as well. We are going to Brazil. Now, I've never been there, although I do have some Brazilian friends, and I've always been drawn to the country. Like everyone, I have my own assumptions about it, especially because I've never been there. And I also have my own assumptions of what people are like. And today we have two wonderful guests joining us straight from Sao Paulo. This doesn't usually happen, but I wanted to invite them together, and you're going to see why as we dive into the interview. Now, Brazil, from my understanding, is such a melting pot of cultures, backgrounds, languages, lifestyles, history, and a completely different sense of personal identity than what we're used to here in North America. I've read about this, and today I was able to confirm it with our two guests. Ines and Danny are podcast creators and entrepreneurs like myself. They are life and business partners, and they just came up with a new podcast show, Chloe and Valentina, and it was featured in Vogue Brazil, Harper's Bazaar, Glamour Magazine. I'll let them speak more about the show, but their space and role in the world they occupy is a breakthrough move for society and culture, and especially in Brazil. And I'm really excited for what the future holds for them both. I was honored to have these two wonderful guests join me, and I first got in touch with Ines over LinkedIn, which is one of the last places I'd expect to find a podcast guest, but I knew she would be a perfect guest for our show. Her profile states, as a Franco-Brazilian-American Jewish woman, who is also part of the LGBTQIA community, so much of my life has been about observing and being a sort of outsider. By definition, my multi-hyphenated identity will never make me fit in neatly anywhere. 
This has been painful at times, but it has also allowed me to hone my passion for creativity, pushing myself to constantly develop my writing, music, and acting skills. Now, when I read that about Ines, I just knew that we had so much in common, and these are the type of people that I love talking to on anti-culture, these multifaceted people who have such rich identities that don't fit neatly into a box or what people expect of them. And Ines is a great example of that. And same with her partner, Danny, who are is just a wonderful creator and speaker. And I just really had an amazing time chatting with them both, these two wonderful people. So it is my joy to introduce you to Ines Shinazi and Danny Afonso here on Anti-Culture. I'm Ines, um, French, Brazilian, American, Jewish woman. Um, who is the creator and writer and lead actress on Chloe and Valentina and has had some different experiences in my life as well, which I'm really excited to share on this podcast with Josiah. Well, uh, I am Daniela Afonso, uh, but you can call me Danny. Um, I'm a 100% Brazilian, as Brazilian as I can track uh, my origin. So, uh, a really mix of, of uh, different uh, people that came to Brazil at some point, like Portuguese, maybe Spanish, uh, native Brazilian Indians, um, probably some African too, but that, that's me. And I am the co-creator of uh, the podcast, Chloe and Valentina. Um, yeah, and in a previous life, I was something as a lawyer, which is something I can, mm. I can tell you. Okay. <laughs> I can talk a little bit <laughs> during the podcast, too. Well, that's so wonderful. Well, thank you both for so much for being on Anticulture. I think how I came across uh, your story is through uh, Ines's LinkedIn post, which is kind of a funny way to discover something, but it just really caught my attention. And Ines, you, you hinted at it, having this multi-background experience and kind of having this this layered culture and even you Danny talking about being a hundred percent Brazilian what that's such an interesting statement and I think it's a Brazilian culture is something that's so um, kind of looked past I think in North America but it's so huge it's a whole other world so I'm really excited to have you both on and your latest endeavor together is this podcast, Chloe and Valentina. So why don't we start there and uh, maybe you can tell me a little bit about what the podcast is about and what inspired uh, this new venture for you both. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Josiah, for having us on Anti-Culture. We really love your work and are super interested in everything you're exploring around identity, which is such a fascinating topic to me, obviously, because I was, you know, I have all these layered identities, as you put it so well, and I think to Dani as well, who also actually has a lot of layered identities. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, so, well, you know, Chloe and Valentina, I think this is something that has kind of, it's the beginning of something that I think has been like 30 years in the making, you know, over 30 years in the making. So ever since I was a really little kid, the first things that I can really remember, my first memories have always been around, you know, this desire and this dream to tell stories, to perform stories, and to really put myself out there in a very authentic, 
and raw and even vulnerable way. It was something that I actually did since I was very young in, in like school theater and community theater. Um, and I have a music side, which is where I met Danny. We're both singers and songwriters. So Chloe and Valentina is like, it didn't just come out of the blue as some people are like, whoa, like you, you did this thing kind of fast. But I think it's something that might have been like incubating almost, which is really, really interesting. It's very interesting to say you, you, you asked about like what the podcast is about. Like it's a series, it's a fiction series and it's actually based um, on two main characters, which we lent some of our personal traits and experiences to those characters. So they are basically um, ourselves, but in a total fictionalized uh, way. So the stories are totally fictional, but the emotions and experiences that these characters go through the series, uh, they talk a lot uh, and were uh, based a lot on, on our personal experiences. So it is very authentic to a, a, a certain degree. And well, and it's very interesting that we are here in a podcast that, that talks about culture and, and identity is an issue that you're super interested in because this podcast specifically, uh, I think that of course has a lot of themes in it, but I think that if I would have to summarize for me, what's the biggest theme Uh, it would be like a search for your true identity. Um, because this podcast is about these two main characters. There are two female um, millennials uh, in their 30s and early 40s that, well, they did everything uh, right according to societal standards. Uh, they had the perfect jobs, uh, the apparent uh, perfect romantic partners, a husband and, and a girlfriend. Um, and at some point in life, uh, the main character starts to search for a purpose, a bigger, uh, you know, she has a calling uh, to do something else with her life. And, and she's going to transform her life in a way and also bring kind of bring together, drag along her uh, best friend, Valentina, with her. So it's a story of a reinvention of two women that are, you know, kind of a little bit late to the game. <laughs> they live their lives according to the expectation of the others. But this time they want to make it, you know, uh, in a more authentic way to, their, to themselves. So I think it's kind of what the story is about. Yeah, I think it's two millennial best friends, Chloe and Valentina, who are they really like they study it's almost like they studied like how to meticulously crush it at life right so there is like these people we have this idea right like we're gonna crush it we're gonna kill it so we have to have you know what does it look like to be crushing it at life I think that's such an interesting question that resonates a lot actually is very of the times because a pandemic forces you to you know reassess what what is important what is your identity like what For instance, like, what do you, I think identity and, and the work that you're doing, Josiah, is so interesting because, like, I think so much of identity, first of all, I think we're a mashup, right, of a lot of what we consume. And I also think that 
we have these different identities to a lot of times please other people. So like the identity that my, you know, the personas that we put on, like the identity for my boss, the identity for my grandmother, the identity for my mother, father, and you're trying to juggle all these things. And I think what happens in the first season, and we can't wait to see how this develops as these characters are kind of like, oh shit, we did everything right by the, this, this template of like the perfect life, right? Living my, this idea of living my best life. And then you're like, they, they kind of realize at some point, this is not, this is not really us. And I think that's something that it's been awesome to see how people have really related to, to that um, so far, like people can really identify with that sentiment. And I think that in the pandemic, really like thinking like, even talking to someone the other day who said, you know, I think you kind of got the sense that she was perhaps thinking of changing jobs. So you know, what is my true, like, what is it really important, right? So this, like Jenny said, it's really about this search for your true identity. And we have so much expectation placed on, I think every single one of us from the minute that we're born about what other people want us to be, but what do you want to be? And kind of have that opportunity, as Denny said, to reassess and to, to be late to the game, you know, so be it, you're late to the game, but at least <laughs> you're going to try and play like your second, third, fourth act, right, you know, yeah. or right yeah. by you. I love that concept. And I think you're so right. It's such a sign of the times almost that we've all experienced. And something that I really that really caught my attention when I was uh, looking into your show as well is this the the importance that you place on having these female driven narratives in our storytelling. And I was thinking about it and I was thinking, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of media where there's a female main character, but the narrative isn't necessarily female driven. And I think this this podcast is telling a story that is very, as you said, it's so personal because it relates kind of indirectly, but directly to you two. And it's a way for you to take back ownership of that identity. Do you think, why do you think that's important? What do you, can you talk a little bit about that, that importance of a female driven narrative and what kind of message it sends that's different than what we're used to consuming in media? Yeah, absolutely. It's such a great question and something we're so passionate about. So I think it's really interesting because when we look at kind of the media and entertainment landscape, we see all these amazing icons, right? And ever since I grew up, I grew up with all these really strong, like female artists, you know, singers, actors, all sorts of performers, your writers, I think. Yeah, but I think maybe singers and, and, and actors. actors is a better example here. And it turns out a lot of the time, it's exactly what you said, you're consuming these really strong, like female protagonists and icons, but they don't necessarily have a, a big seat at the table, right? So, I mean, this they might be performing the story, but they're not necessarily in the conversations about what it looks like to, to tell that story as authentically and, and you know, in a very real and full-bodied way so what really and I think that one person who really really inspires us and we totally look up to is Reese Witherspoon because she is doing incredible work around putting you know women at the center of the story in these big Hollywood productions so unfortunately it, in 2022 a lot of the times when you're watching a movie it's it can be a movie about like a strong female protagonist but the people in the writer's room are often men and the director is often like a straight you know white male and that's I mean there's tons of talented people that we really look up to who are straight white males but I think it's hard to talk about things that you've never been through and so how can you surround yourself yeah. with that authenticity right so 
So that's something that we were really, really inspired by. When you have most of the C-suites in in media entertainment industry, like only 27% of of these positions are uh, occupied by women. So who is actually deciding who are or what are the stories we're consuming? Uh, it's it starts there and it goes through the entire production chain. You know who's writing the story, who is directing the story, who is uh, um, performing performing the story, and who's telling them how to perform is another question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Who's directing the acting? So, I think that this uh, this goes through uh, all minorities uh, um, that are underrepresented in, in, in the entertainment industry. We are also, uh, me and Ines, partners in life. So partners in life. It's so, a very interesting, very yeah. interesting relationship. So we are uh, LGBTQ plus, uh, part of the LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus community and, and queer women that we don't see much uh, represented in, in the screens. So. We, we really wanted to bring that, uh, special to, especially to Brazilian audiences, but I think it's uh, almost anywhere in the world, but I think that this is so important, you know, to have authenticity, to have people telling their own um, stories, uh, especially in, in a story like this, based on uh, um, real experiences we had in life. So I think this is, this is important and, and the more you get to say what you what's your true uh i think that the more chance you have to touch other people so i think it's an interesting um i think it's an interesting angle for like to 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 really have an art or uh, entertainment whatever you want to call it that that can somehow touch people and, and maybe who knows change lives yeah absolutely and I think it's 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 funny when you think about it that there isn't a lot of media that's like that where people are speaking out of their own unique experiences and can actually put it into that artistic expression I think that that's really well said and you mentioned something that caught my attention there too where you're saying that you know this queer representation this female representation is something that's specifically needed in Brazil. So for a lot of my listeners, obviously, they consume North American content. A lot of them are in Canada or the US um, or Europe. And, and I know I've always been aware that there's a big media landscape in Brazil. Um, and I think that people have a sense of it. I mean, you go on a band page and all the comments are come to Brazil. <laughs> or there's, you know, there's thousands of people that are, they, they just show up and they express themselves. And it's like, wow, they have a really engaged community that consumes media. So I want to ask you both, like, what do you appreciate about the Brazilian media landscape and what, how is it different than uh, how we would understand it here in North America? Well, um, I think that in terms of social media, we are uh, really connected. Like we are one of the countries that are most uh, connected in, in social media interactions and, and consumption of all sorts, I think. But to get there, like, let me give a step back and give you, we were talking about uh, what it is to be 100% Brazilian. And I think that 
goes down to our roots and origins. Like it's a country uh, of continental dimensions formed by immigrants. So from, from its origin, it, it was colonized by Portuguese people. Then uh, we have that mix of uh, uh, native, native in, uh, Indians uh, with Portuguese and then with African, and then other waves of immigration came over time, like French, um, uh, Polish, uh, uh, German, uh, big Italian and big Japanese communities here in Sao Paulo, especially. So uh, we are this melting pot of, of cultures. And of course, uh, I think that our media and entertainment space reflects a lot of that as it goes through uh, the entire, you know, like uh, artistic expressions, our music, for instance, like we have this, one of the most, uh, probably one of the most uh, well-known Brazilian um, um, musical movements was Bossa Nova in the late 50s and early 60s, it was a, a, a true mix of, and we had like our cultures since the 20, 20th and 20th, First, first century was super influenced by the U.S. culture. So, uh, bossa nova is an example. Like it's a mix of samba with jazz. So, and and then we consume the jazz. The the, the middle class uh, in that late fifties and sixties uh, mixed that with samba, created bossa nova, and then we exported bossa nova to <laughs> to the U.S. and the world. So, I think that we have this uh, mix and match here uh, that that creates a very um, interesting um, uh, environment, I would say, uh, of diverse cultures and, and that fosters, I think, creativity as well. And together with a lot of, you know, like typical third world developing countries um, where we had lots of, uh, you know, ups and downs in economy during over the time, especially the 20th century. So uh, people have to get by somehow. And, <laughs> and I think that the typical Brazilian uh, culture has that, uh, you know, the, the way of creating uh, in, in a lot of senses. Now, I, I do want to go a little deeper into how you both navigate your identity. I mean, you've mentioned that you are life partners and your business partners, but then also just going back to the cultural discussion and Ines, maybe we can start with you. You are so many things <laughs> and you're trilingual. And I'm curious how you navigate your identity in a country like Brazil. Is there a, an identity that comes to the forefront or how do you navigate that in Brazil? Is it expected that you identify as Brazilian? Are you encouraged to talk about the layers that are part of who you are? Maybe you just uh, walk us through that. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't, I don't think people see me as totally Brazilian and, and I don't see myself, I think as totally one thing. I think that I am really a blend of, you know, all this heritage, like this rich heritage that I have, French, Brazilian, American, and also like the Jewish components. So that's something that I'm really proud of. Um, and, it's been a wild ride. Like I moved here right after it was a place that I always felt very at home, actually Brazil. Like I liked, I liked the music and I liked the sounds and I felt that people were relaxed here and I really wanted to have the experience. And then I kind of like out of, 
a terrible economic situation in the US. I graduated in 2009, uh, kind of 2008 to 2009, right at the transition between those years. And obviously like that was not a good time to be graduating and it was a good time to come to Brazil. So that was kind of good luck for me. I packed up my bags, I, you know, totally on improvisation came here. Uh, at the time my mom had gotten separated from my dad and she was living here, but I obviously like, I didn't know a soul. Like I really didn't know anybody except for my immediate family. Um, and I had a ton of hilarious experiences that were really like painful back then of not, I, I always, I, like I spoke the language because I was very attached to it. So I had kind of developed that. I was always listening to Brazilian music, but, but I didn't understand much of what else was going on. I think that that's a fascinating thing about like culture uh, is that you can speak the language of a place, but you don't understand anything about like the subtext. Like what, what do people really mean, right? So it's like, I had people like tell me like, come over. So here's like, you wanna come to Brazil let me let me give you this so you don't have to go through what I went through, this uh, pearl of wisdom. So people will tell you, come over to my house to have some coffee, but they don't really mean it. And it's not a mean thing. It's just, it's just a cultural saying. <laughs> But a few times I oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. But I did actually show up. Maybe Denny can speak more to the roots. I did show no. up. Or there was another time where someone actually invited me to a book launch. And and I mean, this is post-college. Like it's already a hard time, right? You're navigating. I remember what a professor of mine called your treacherous 20s. Like it's already hard. It's already intense. And and it was like I showed up to this woman's book uh, launch and she had invited me, but she was so surprised to see me there. So like there were tons of moments like that where I was like, I totally misread the situation. Um, so that's just uh, kind of some funny things about what happened to me in the beginning. And and also people think that I look very French. Um, so they always say like, oh, like you look so French. So I don't know. I mean, I and and now they can't place because I kind of speak great, I think, Portuguese. No, but, she, but then she I hardly have uh, any accent uh, in Portuguese. People oh, get, wow. uh, people are get like kind, kind of puzzled <laughs> to try to understand if she's from some strange place in Brazil that has a different accent or if she's a foreigner or whatever my film director was like but are you from the like are you from the countryside because you're ours and, and Denny's like no she's like she's not from here so that thing that you talk about in your work of passing like you can pass as different things is, is also interesting I'm going to pose the same question to you Danny I think it's so interesting you said at the beginning you're 100% Brazilian so what does that mean well Actually, it means that uh, if I go back to my roots, I cannot really precise, at least in the last two, three generations, uh, where I come from. Like uh, back uh, in, in those generations, back in time, all I can trace is Brazilian. Uh, but there's a lot of legend in my families about our origins is so funny because there is and nobody is actually able to to prove to have any sort of evidence of of that but there's a super legend and we kind of believe because that's why people told us over time that we in, in my father's side we uh kind of uh, come from um, an Indian uh, that was married to a Spanish woman. Uh, and so that's what we will believe that can have happened back in the fourth or fifth generation before my father. Uh, 
Um, but then on my mother's side, uh, what I know is that my grandmother, uh, my grandmother's grandmother was uh, from Northeast Brazil and she had cousins that were African, but no one in her immediate family were black, but we think that there might be Africans in our blood too. So it's really, really a mix of people that have been in Brazil for possibly centuries, I don't know. Uh, but we cannot, it, it, and it's something very common in Brazil uh, for people not being able to trace back their origins. But <laughs> I, I think that your question was actually uh, my identity. And when I think of identity, I think of something broader than just the culture I, I am inserted in or that I I spent or I, I identify with, like, I think that identity has lots of facets and, and like of uh, encompasses, encompasses a little bit of everything that, that really forms us and shapes us. And I was born in the countryside of uh, the state of Sao Paulo, which is uh, one of the richers, uh, richest states uh, in Brazil. Uh, and in a kind of small town, but not that small. It's kind of a mid-sized town. Um, and my parents are super Catholic. So I come from this background of, of a Catholic family. Uh, but at the same time, as I grew up, I don't really identify with the Catholic religion. So I spiritually, I am a, I believe in a little bit of everything and nothing a hundred percent, you know, deeply. So that's who I am in terms of religion. Uh, and also, although I am from this small town, I always wanted to, you know, go to a big town, a big city to know uh, other cultures. I always dreamt of living uh, outside, which I was only uh, uh, able to do when I was 35, when I, I took like a break from my job and, and, and went to Spain to live there for six uh, months and study music. Because although I am a lawyer and that's another facet of my identity, <laughs> I've studied law, I graduated in law, uh, I worked as a lawyer for more than 20 years now, but I also cultivated music. This is a bit of who I am. Like I, I, am, I have these contrasts in my identity. So, uh, a small town girl that wants to be as international as possible that uh, is has as a partner in life an international super super international uh, a few, girlfriend. A few and one. <laughs> so this lawyer that is also a singer and now is creating a podcast and, and is you know and I have those uh, kind of contrasts in my identity and I think this is what makes us. Uh, interesting I, I i think that we as a society sometimes have this trend um to try and label people and put people in boxes and categorize people and 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 i don't think that this is sometimes it i think reduces who we are so i like the idea that we do not have to be one thing or the other that we can you know uh, have more fluidity in terms of uh, who we are. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's interesting because you're talking about all these contrasts, but then at the same time, you know who you are, and you're always discovering who you are, and that's kind of the other side of what identity is: is it shouldn't be in a box, and it should be so personal, and it should be something that you're aware of that that inspires what you create. And Ines, maybe I'll ask you this um, from your perspective, but why do you think it's important that how we identify and what our identity is, even if it's self-defined, why do you think it's important that that is a part of what we create? I was actually listening to Judd Apatow the other day, who like I deeply respect, and Danielle and I hope that we get an opportunity <laughs> to work with him. And he was talking about how you know a lot of people have talked about this. I think Stanley Tucci too, who we we love, talked about like the more personal, the more specific you are, you know, in your creations and, and putting out your personal identity, the more that ends up resonating with people, right? People are touched by that. And, and in the end, they can identify. So that's something that we are really excited about. And even though it's honest, to be totally honest with you, it's, it's scary sometimes to put yourself out there in that way, in that very personal way obviously in a fictionalized account, but you are bringing a lot of yourself. And even as an actor, of course, you have to bring that truth and there is truth in all of this work. So yeah, I think it's really important because we want to touch people. We want to connect with people. We want to make people feel less alone. And, you know, I mean, we touched on the fact that women are so underrepresented in the media and entertainment landscape. But when you look at queer female, like representation or, you know, even queer representation in general, there's this shocking study from USC in 2019 that talks about 1.4% of characters, and that includes anyone, an extra, somebody in the scene, you know, whatever. Uh, when you look at the top 2019 like blockbusters, this study shows that only 1.4% of the characters are from the LGBTQ plus community. And so it's like those role models that Danny and I definitely didn't have in real life or on the screens or pulsing through our ears. You know, when you think about podcasts, we really hope to kind of in that sense, like be the change that we want to see in the world. So how can we, how can we make people feel less alone? Because it's really hard to, I think it's hard to navigate life when you don't have those kinds of role models. And sometimes they are not in your neighborhood and they're not your friends or they're not, but you, at least you have, like in pop culture, right? And that's something that we really, really believe in. That's why I think it's so important, like one of the reasons, the many reasons that it's so important to infuse your identity and like be brave with that in the work that you do. Um, and then I will say too that Mindy Kaling and Issa Rae are huge inspirations as well because I think that they very bravely um, put like their, you know, their like themselves and their work. And these are fictionalized accounts, but it's really interesting. And we just saw the King of Staten Island with Pete Davidson as well. And we thought that was incredible um, and super brave. So I think that those are people that we really look up to and yeah. Yeah, and I think it's, it's cool what you said too, like the more that we're able to express those parts of our identity that maybe we don't see represented or or that we didn't grow up with, the more that you actually realize there's people you can resonate with and that's what makes something powerful. So I really love how you put that. That's really interesting. Tell us about what's what's next for you both and um, maybe a little bit more about where we can find Chloe and Valentina and what you're hoping will come out of it. 
Well, we're really focused on continuing to tell the story of Chloe and Valentina through new seasons of the show. Right now, you can listen in Portuguese on all the major, you know, podcast platforms. You know, we're excited, Josiah, to continue to tell these personal stories, these personal experiences through a wide variety of mediums. So through new seasons of Chloe and Valentina, um, through other entertainment mediums that we may create and perform, even through music, which is where Denny and I met. And that space is also really interesting to us. So I think that, that starting with audio makes a lot of sense for us. Um, so yeah, we're just thrilled, like so grateful to have the opportunity to be doing this. And we look forward to, I don't know, just like seeing how the plot unravels both in the series and in the new things that we'll be creating and for the characters and for us as well. Yeah, and I think that a, a big dream for us is to also be able to produce content in English so we can reach uh, a broader audience. Um, we really believe that there's a, a, a huge, um, you know, uh, space uh, in audio for for English speaking content. So we are also uh, working on that. That's amazing. And um, I just have to say, I think you both are so incredibly cool. And this was a huge honor. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us on Anticulture. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're really cool too. We're excited to hopefully hang out in real life. <laughs> thank you for the. Yeah. <laughs> and don't invite me for coffee. I know the secret. Yeah, for real coffee. No, no, drinks. but I will invite you for a real Brazilian <laughs> coffee. Okay. Okay. It'll be like face to face. And it will be, promise yeah. we'll be there. Just Thank you, listeners, for tuning into this week's episode of Anti Culture. I'm your host, Josiah Sinanin. If you enjoyed the show, let me know your thoughts by tweeting me or finding me on Instagram at Josiah Podcast. You can also catch up on more episodes with stories from around the world with celebrities, politicians, business people, entertainers, so much more. There are some incredible people I've chatted to, and there's an episode for everyone. You can find them all at josiahpodcast.com or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also sign up for our email list so you don't miss any extras. Also, if you know a story of someone who's multifaceted like Danny and Ines were, you can always send me a message at josiahpodcast.com under the contact page, and I would love to be in touch about ideas for my next season. Until next week, thank you again for tuning in. I'm your host, Josiah Sinanin, and you are listening to Anticulture.